Hey there, it's Kyle, and thank you for finding me and for finding this podcast. And I'm so excited about this first episode. Um, I've been looking to do this for quite a while. And when I thought about who the first guest should be, Elle was the first person to come to mind. So Elle is an, um, an accomplished best-selling author. She's written for Tilm and film, not Tilm. I don't know what Tilm is. She's written for TV and film. She's a public speaker. She's a seasoned health coach. Um, she's done so many different things. But one of the reasons that I thought that it was important for her to come on this show is as I grow in my development learning, as I learn to become a developer, I'm learning a lot that you have to also create a public persona and you need to start thinking about how you get yourself out there, whether it's a blog or a podcast or or recording yourself or vlogs. Um, there's a lot of different things that you need to do to to kind of put your yourself and your craft and your art out there. And Elle's done that tenfold. She's runs two successful podcasts. Mark Sisson's Primal Blueprint podcast, which has over 18 million downloads and over 100 episodes, as well as Kick-Ass Life podcast. So many different things. And I think it's interesting, her perspective on how to put yourself out there. Her most recent book, um, Confident as Book, um, is, is a really interesting look into how to put yourself out there, um, especially if, if you're more of an introvert and you're not really sure how to sort of start the process of documenting and sharing your journey. Um, she gives some good insights into, into how to do that. So, um, okay, I've talked enough. <laughs> let's, uh, let's meet Elle. Hello, Elle. Hey, so happy to be here for your inaugural podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, first first guest. I'm, I'm so honored. Yeah, it's and and I've known you for God, it must have been 50 years now. <laughs> Close, yes. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, at, le at least 10. At least 10. At least 10. And yeah, and honestly for the for the audience listening, Kyle's like just the best guy that in the world, you know, Kyle and his wife are just wonderful people to begin with, but also just a lifesaver when it came to me going out in the world as an entrepreneur and not knowing anything about website this, what do I do, what the hell am I doing, like on every level. I mean, we've been working together for a while, so uh, Kyle's just amazing to work with. I have to put that out there, but also grateful to you, Kyle. Thank you so much for all you've done for me. Well, it's been fun. I think we've worked on just about every type and kind of digital marketing or platform or project or initiative that you can that you can do. Uh, so yeah, it's been a fun journey. One of the things that I've been transitioning into over the past few years is after 20 years of running projects for large companies, I've really wanted to start building. I've always had a, an interest in development and coding, but it's a hard transition to make just 
sort of pivoting into something that that from the outside feels like advanced calculus that you or or you know <laughs> um, or chemistry that you're just going to pivot one day and go be a chemist. So little by little, I've started this. Uh, while I, I have built websites uh, for years, I think there's a there is a different distinction in my mind when you get into some of the much more advanced coding and frameworks. And that also becomes your, your primary focus. So as I delve into this world of software development and um, entrepreneurship, I thought who better to talk to than, than someone that has sort of done, done it all in an, in an interesting way. And I know that as an author and, and speaker and coach, it doesn't, it doesn't, directly correlate to software development. But I think there's a lot of really interesting overlap in terms of being an entrepreneur and writing and putting yourself out there and marketing yourself and doing podcasts and doing all of the things that one needs to do to create uh, a public persona. And mm -hmm. that's a little bit of, of what I'd love to dive into. Yeah. I mean, I've had to make a hundred pivots. So I know, <laughs> so I know something about that. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you know, the one thing that people, I guess this is the way to define it in any other industry. Like if I wanted to be an attorney, I know the benchmarks, right? You go get the job at the law firm, you know, if you're going to be making partner, you know, you, you kind of know the, the, the road you have to climb that something is usually set out and that's in a lot of industries and a lot of companies that is not the case in entrepreneurship in especially when it comes to being again a public figure an author a speaker a blogger whatever that right. is you're kind of on your own and so you're you're like for example as an actor in the in the industry one of the benchmarks if you're not booking one of the benchmarks is did you make it to producers right so for example for people who don't understand that when mm -hmm. you're an actor you do an initial audition with a casting director if they like you and they think you're not going to embarrass them right because they're the middleman they're going to send you to producers meaning take your tape and actually take the risk and go i believe this you know this person's not right. going to embarrass me i'm sending them to the producers now the benchmark there is great. I go to producers 95% of the time. That's a good sign, right? Those are, those are some, you know, but most people be like, yeah, but you're not booking anything, right? But that's a benchmark that you yeah. can kind of hold by. Now, if you've been acting for years and you never make it to producers, then you might want to question <laughs> or take some acting classes and get your shiz together, you know? Right. Um, but so that's like, so there aren't any of these benchmarks. You have to sort of make your own way. And that is daunting for a lot of people. Um, but but it but it can go the way you want it to. It's just that it's a little bit of an unknown, scary territory. And I write in my book and in general that that's where the good stuff is, the unknown possibilities. And so it is launching oneself into sort of an unknown territory. And it could be really scary for a lot of people. And I get that. You know what I mean? It 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 is. It's an amazing time when so many different people that have, I think about coaches and writers and... Uh, developers and, and designers, all of a sudden you have all these industries where you need to sort of turn yourself into a brand. And what, what comes with that is having to learn all the things. How do you integrate your MailChimp into your website? And do you need a newsletter? Do you also need a podcast? Should I be blogging? Do I need mm -hmm. to be on, on uh, video vlog interviews? Uh, do I need a logo? Do I need a, you know, do I need to get headshots? <laughs> right. There's all these things that I, you know, I've, and even small business owners that, that I've met that say, I, I just want to do my, what I'm good at. I do skincare or I do 
you know, something else that, that doesn't directly correlate to the digital world. But now all of a sudden you have to go learn all these platforms, um, to, to sort of get yourself out there and, and create a brand. It's like, we're all little mini marketing agencies now. And I, I think sometimes that can be daunting. And listen, I was not even on social media at all up until I published my first book in 2016. I was resistant to it. I never wanted to be on it. I had like one Facebook account and I was like, whatever. I, in fact, <laughs> here's a funny thing. I, I missed a million barbecue invites. Like people were like, we keep inviting you. Like I never, cause I never checked Facebook. And then I'm like, oh my God, I missed like all of these get togethers with friends over all these years. Cause no one's emailing any, each other anymore. So it was just so funny. I was so out of touch. And then when my publisher, Primal Blueprint Publishing was like, Hey, uh, like you have to get on social media and you have to make your accounts public. It was horrifically frightening to me. I didn't want that. I didn't want to be out there. I don't want to take selfies of myself to this day. I still don't want to, but here's the thing. I know that when I post a pretty picture of myself, I get a thousand likes, whatever. It's part of the game. It's part of what you have to do. Self-promotion. Nobody's going to come to your door if you're a brilliant artist and ask you, hey, I hear you're an artist was working over here. Do you have any paintings? I mean, you have to go out and sell yourself no matter what it is. And this digital world is a way to connect with people that otherwise wouldn't find you. Um, It's a much better world world for that. You know, you could make a million bucks just sitting at home, right? And never have to go out and see a client right. in this this spirit of this, you know, this world we're living in. So it is something that kind of has to be done. And I understand the hesitation and the, you know, I first was like, I don't want to post it. I was just posting a photo of like, I just, it was hard for me to even post a selfie. I'm telling you, it was really tough. <laughs> and this is someone who like, I've had to have headshots for years as an actor and do all that. Hate getting my photograph tape, like can't stand that stuff. But you know what? It's just one of those things you have to get comfortable with. So it was an adjustment for sure. Well, and um, I think part of what's, the hesitancy in writing or podcasting or, or, um, live coding or live streaming or, or posting selfies or, uh, anything on social media is some of this is as you're starting to shape the persona, who is that person? Right. Um, you know, if, if you're getting into, if you're a designer and, um, and you have, uh, you may have a niche, um, but how you, how you sort of package that person and put that person out into the world isn't created yet. And maybe you don't have a full picture of what that looks like yet. Uh, and so you start to second guess, you know, is this against the target that I think I'm heading towards? Um, and it's a, it's a bit of discovery and with the discovery, um, comes sort of fear and self doubt and, um, and the potential judgment that you think's right around the corner from putting yourself out there. Well, and that's where my second book, Confident as F, F-U-C-K, I won't say the word in case we want to keep Disney friendly here. Um, but, you know, that's where that comes in because nothing's going to ever be perfect. And I think I've, you know, I've talked with you about this in the past where I've stumbled on a couple things where it's like you want to, you're, you're planning on making this video or this thing and you're like, well, it has to be, and you're going around the perfection of, and you know what, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's never going to be perfect, right? It's never going to be perfect. I've done over a hundred interviews. Well, I've done hundreds as an interviewer on the Primal Blueprint podcast over the years, but mm-hmm. I've been interviewed like hundreds of times. Look, there's times when I... <laughs> I did one interview. It was with Ben Greenfield and I had someone email me and they were like, 
listen, I love everything you had to say. You talk way too fast. And I get that. <laughs> that is one of the things that I have yeah. had to dial back. But yet, when I was on Paul Saladino's podcast, uh, he's a carnivore doctor. His uh, podcast is Fundamental Health. He talks fast. So do I. We were in it. And people were like, oh, I love how fast you guys talk because I can really absorb the information. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of funny. And sometimes... I'll, I'll uh, re-listen to an interview I do. And you have to be, and here's the thing, you just have to be like an unbiased, objective sort of observer of your own work as a podcaster or interviewer, or speaker, etc. So, you know, you have to just be self-critical without beating yourself up. You know, there's mm-hmm. interviews I listen to and I'm like, ooh, man, I was just all business. I sound kind of like a bee. Damn, you know, or, <laughs> or, you know, where I, or where I didn't really connect. Like, for example, if I'm talking about thyroid, my book, Paleo Thyroid Solution, and I'm talking about thyroid health, you know, the people that are listening to that are suffering and they're going through symptoms that I once did. So what I've noticed is that's kind of the important connection I have to make. I, even though I'm not sick anymore, when I do a podcast and I describe how I felt, do you know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. go through those things, that is more of a connection and people will email me and go, oh my God, you were like speaking my brain. Like this is exactly how I feel. Right. So, you know, you notice these things. One, I'm all too business and factual in one interview, right? And the other, I'm like maybe lighter, joking around, connecting. And look, it's never going to be a win. And, you know, you're going to have some podcasts that aren't that great. You're going to have a guest that sucks and is boring and it's like pulling teeth, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's been people I've interviewed where I'm like, I can't even release this. This is so bad, right? Right. So, so, So there are those moments, but, you know, it's never going to be perfect. You have to start somewhere. You just have to be putting out content and get with it. You know what I mean? Now, I've heard people in the past like say to me, you know, hey, do you think I would be a good health coach? And I'm like, the fact that you asked that question means no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean you can't gain the skills to be a speaker or a podcaster? Not at all. You can. It's just that you need to, f- some people have this idea of I want to be a writer or a podcaster or a blogger or a speaker because they think that that life is so glamorous, right? Like, oh, I can write and travel the world and go anywhere. And yeah, that sounds great. But here's the thing. Is it really something you're compelled to do? Because everything I've done, I've been compelled to do, even though there's been tons of pivots. I was an actor. Then I got fat with hypothyroidism. Then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be the fat, funny friend. No one's going to book me as the (laughs) engine. So then I went and I was like, I'll go back to sketch comedy. And so I did the sketch. But in doing sketch comedy, that turned me into writer, which led back to speaking. I mean, everything I've done. And so what I think, too, is that people are too hitched to this idea. It's almost like a proselytizing vegan who finally has to eat meat. What that's a tough moment, right? Cuz you're like I've been proselytizing the, or <laughs> if you've been claiming that you want to be an actor all this time and suddenly you're pivoting to something else. If you're too attached and you're holding on to this identity because you're fearful of what people are going to say like haha, I knew you wouldn't make it or whatever. Right. These are all just ego BS things you've got to set aside. And this is where developing inner confidence and self-esteem comes into play. Of course, I'm a big fan of that. But um, so hopefully that makes sense. And, you know, we can go from here on that. So it's, 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 it's never going to be perfect. And at the end of the day, you have to get out there, but you should be compelled to do it. Um, a lot of people want to be writers. It's like, why though? Because a lot of times they don't know what to write about, or they don't know what to do. It's just, again, glamming onto the idea of it, thinking that would be a fun thing. But if you're not compelled to write anything, you don't have a message. It's not something you want to tell people, then you're not meant to be a writer. I think there's, no. I think there's a difference though between, I get the idea of that it, that from the outside it seems glamorous or it seems fun or you could do it anywhere. But I think from a writing perspective, in my instance, I don't feel like I'm a great writer and I've never really had that draw to sit down and, and write. Well, I take that back. 
I have had the, the draw feeling like I have things that I would like to say or that I would like to get good at the craft very much like if I wanted to pick up the guitar or piano that I would, I would like to be able to get good at this, to be able to communicate better. Um, but there's a lot of internal self doubt and a lot of criticisms that, that, um, I'm not writing proficiently, you know, in the, uh, was it AMA style? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like a, someone's going to read it and go, well, you're clearly not a writer. This is a eighth grade level, uh, piece. And so I think there's that, that confidence thing that I may have something that I would like to get out there. Uh, but, mm-hmm. um, well, but then let me share with everyone like, else. Cause I'm yeah, a best-selling author and I do not have, like, I still can't, I, I don't know the difference between like Kyle and me went to the store, Kyle and I, I, I literally <laughs> don't, I, I'm terrible with that stuff. That's why you have an editor, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's why you actually get an editor to do this stuff for you. I am not, I am, I'm the worst of that. Like I do not have mastery of the English language when it comes to like writing proficiently in that way. It doesn't matter. You get it out the way you want to say it. The editor deals with it later. One of the biggest things I teach people when I'm mentoring writers is that people trip themselves up because as they're starting to write, they're editing along the way. No, it needs to literally be, sorry for this expression, diary of the mouth. You get it out. I don't care if you're swearing, you're using (laughs) improper grammar. You just get it out as if you were talking to a friend. And if that helps for you to dictate into, you know, GarageBand and then have that transcribed and then go back and work right. on the writing part, it doesn't matter. So that's where pe- people will stay on the one page forever. You know, these people, they've been writing a screenplay for a year. Get your shiz together. It's, it's really a matter of get it out. Don't edit yourself along the way. It's the same thing when you're writing a screenplay. You don't really deal with the names of characters. You start off with, uh, you know, dumb jock and dad of pretty girl and you, 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 you <laughs> label all the people like that because that's not important. And while you're writing it, you'll get tripped up and go, who's Mary again? You know what I mean? Right, you just yeah. arbitrarily name these people. So it's about get, sp- spitting out all the information and all the stuff you want to say, no matter how it, it sounds, looks, whatever. And then you go back later and put it in a way that, you know, that's when you sit there and with your hands and you actually do the editing for the editor, right? But you're, you're doing that. So that's the best way to go about a project. In my opinion, if you're a writer and you, you don't know what to do is stop editing yourself along the way, spit it out, whether you're just writing it all out and then going back to it later, or you're speaking it. So, you know, I have a hand disability. So for me, I, uh, dictate sort of everything, uh, put it into a file. I send it to rev.com, R-E-V. Mm-hmm. They transcribe it. They send it back to me. And then that's where I have it all together. Now, I want to just throw this out to people. 30 minutes of talking is 5,000 words. A book is 50,000. This is manageable, people. You know, same with like, right? Like think about a blog post, 1,200 words or something. I mean, this is, that's like, two minutes of talking, right? right? So a lot of times people are better expressing their thoughts, right? You, everyone's talked to a friend about some idea or, you know, you know, the way to express it. And so the ums and the ahs and the shit and the all, you know, you could just get it out there in the worst horrible way and then go back and take a look at what you have. What's more important is that the information and the essence of your message is there, not that the other stuff comes later. And that's where people trip themselves up because you know what I'm saying? They edit it themselves along the way. That is a stumbling block. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And I think I had actually just started doing that. So I had set up my, my personal site, khud.dev, and I set it up uh, using Gatsby and Sanity. And Sanity is a, a CMS on the back end. And what's great is that I had realized that if you pull up the Sanity CMS where you can enter in your new blog posts on your phone, um, you can just use 
the Apple iPhone dictation and start mm-hmm. talking into it. And so as I'm walking the dog or as I'm, I'm taking right. a little one to the, to the sandbox, I'll open it up on my phone and just start talking into it. And then I'll shut my phone off and walk back home. And then I find that as I do sit down at my computer, I've already got a couple hundred words that are in a blog post. And that didn't take, I didn't get frozen with the, the file right. new symptom of staring at a, <laughs> at a blank sheet and being yes. like, what, what, what do I want to write? And does it need to look right? So no, that's, that's a great idea of, of trying to find sort of ways around that using audio dictation. Uh, we've actually, um, my wife and I, as we build sites, we try and find efficiencies in the same sort of way when we're working with clients. And we've done that with clients. We've said, use the dictation on your iPhone, talk into your yep. iPhone and just send me the audio file and talk for five or 10 minutes. Don't worry about it. Just talk. That's tell right. me what your business is. Tell me about yourself and send me the files. And we actually send them off to Rev as well. And then we get yep. it back. And now all of a sudden you've got two pages worth of content that someone right. didn't have to sit down and, and try and polish and craft. So that's it. That's, that's great advice. I mean, the one thing you need to be, all you need to be is an effective communicator. It doesn't matter grammar, language, anything else. It's just communicating an idea. And so, you know, that's all that needs to happen initially. And then you can dress it up in the way it's presented on paper later. And so, again, a great way to start when you don't know what and you're sitting there. And some people just aren't fast typers either. You know, that can hold. Look, my brain goes way faster than I can type. And I'm a pretty type, <laughs> you know, fast typer. Yeah. So that's why dictation and things matter. Because again, as you're writing, people could be having an idea, but they're still typing that last sentence, right? You don't have that problem when you're just spilling it out on an audio file. So that's an, another way. And then I don't know if we'll get into this, but you know, people are starting a podcast and they want to interview people versus, you know, there's so many ways people are doing podcasts and I find it very interesting. For example, Dr. Aaron, um, Dr. Aaron, Aaron Fall Haskell, you guys can look her up. She, she's got a little podcast where she's just talking about certain principles with, you know, the power of subconscious mind and law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And she just has, like, she's just talking for 15, 20 minutes once a week or every, you know, twice a week. And then she just puts, it's just her right? Just her. Yeah. Then there's people who are talking with each other, like myself and Tara Garrison on Kick-Ass Life podcast, where it's just the two of us. We don't have guests, right? And we're just talking about concepts and things right. like that to help you make a life better. But then there's the interview one. So, you know, there's different levels of it. I would say that the interview one is a little bit more critical because the preparation is a little bit more, you know? Yeah. And a couple things I've noticed, I'll just throw out a couple of tips. So for example, it was tough for me because, you know, I'm a fast talker from Chicago. You know, I, I do have a tendency in, you know, to like interrupt or like, you know, you just kind of talk with friends, you're going back and forth and no one's offended by the interruptions. It's just that kind of way we talk. Well, that doesn't really work on a podcast. Well, what's interesting, so, and I just, and I'm going to interrupt you here because I think it's, yeah. it's, it's relevant is that we're in this Zoom Google Meet sort of culture of meetings these days. And in a meeting, you sit and you wait. You wait your turn and you sort of try and interject. And now it is my turn to speak, which is very different than a conversation when, when you're having a conversation that's very active back and forth. Uh, but I think in, especially in the corporate world and, and when you're in meetings, you feel like you need to have that sort of nice balance and flow back and forth and not doing as much interrupting, um, which is not the case in a, in a very active conversation. Yeah. And one of the ways that I have found, I, I got so much better at just 
you know, listening, right, to the guests. And, um, you know, it's not like I was horribly interrupting them before, but I would notice a couple of moments where I did that and it kind of screws up the flow. And it's not that you can interject. There are moments where it's appropriate. But what I do, so if it's an audio-only interview, it's very easy to just mute the mic while the other person is talking. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll catch yourself interrupting and then they'll say, ah, oh, good. I'm glad I didn't catch that because it's just like a natural thing to want to jump in if right. you're that kind of person. And so I have found that sometimes like when they start talking, I will just put the mic on mute and, you know, wait till they're finished so that I don't interrupt. So, you know, again, that's a small little dumb hack for that. Now, if it's video, you could do it too. You'd have to slide your hand real sneakily across the top of the left <laughs> back so no one really sees it, but you, but you can do it. Um, but either way, that, that's, that's another thing. The other thing I think is, you know, preparation. If someone's written a book, go through it, ask unique questions, um, counter questions, um, asking people things that maybe don't have something to do with the interview. And now like a lot of people have this thing where like they ask the, you know, guests three questions at the end and it's the same three questions. And I'm saying that like I'm making fun of it. I am a little bit, but, (laughs) but here's the thing, just anything unique and interesting. Like, you know, it could be just like, Hey, you know what? When you're growing up, like what was your favorite sport? Like it's just anything interesting to get someone to talk about something else or to learn a little bit more about them. Um, you know, they can be a little hokey or whatever, but at the end of the day, like that's kind of fun. Um, I think doing your best to pull out the information from their book that other people wouldn't. So a lot of times a guest will send you their book, but they will also mm-hmm. send you like a list of prefabbed questions. Like here are the questions you can ask me. Right. Right. And that's cool. And that can help. And that's great. But you might want to make up some of your own, you know what I mean? And yeah, so definitely. it doesn't necessarily mean reading the person's book front to cover detailed every word, but you know, kind of scanning, going through, picking out something, going, Ooh, that's interesting. Let me put a note here. Finding and being, interesting sections from my point of view or something that may not have been asked in other interviews. That's right. Finding something that maybe other people wouldn't ask about because they're all going by the same questions that that person's asking them. It's all going to be the same interview. So you want to try to switch it up and find something unique and different, you know, glom onto something in there that they might not have been asked about. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I'm interested, and I know you you've done hundreds of interviews, and and you have a, you have a couple of podcasts, you have a, a handful of podcasts. Um, but um, when do you remember the first time that you were you interviewing or were you being interviewed, and the first podcast? Yeah, that you I do actively uh, participated in. Yeah, it was actually the Primal Blueprint podcast before. So Mark Sisson and and was really the host of it's his podcast, Mark Sisson. People can look him up. He's the best selling author of uh Keto Reset Diet, the Primal Blueprint. He's the founder of Primal Kitchen Foods. And, you know, about eight, seven years ago or so, he started a podcast, but then he got so busy with the company creating mayo and all these condiments mm-hmm. and everything for Primal Kitchen that he kind of turned it over to me and sort of gave it to myself and his co-author Brad Kearns. And I had initially been interviewed by Brad on the Primal Blueprint podcast for my upcoming book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution. I had no idea that they would actually give me the podcast. It was an accident <laughs> that they were like, here, will you host this thing? So, so it was And just to ask, so you had, you had been on, you had been interviewed before, but that had only been, can you count on one hand, uh, the, the number of podcasts that you'd been interviewed on, or was it really just one, one interview and then, and then you got turned over to, to start hosting? Pretty much. 
Wow. Pretty much. It was like one interview on that. And then my, my book was coming out, but it hadn't yet. So then I started when the book was released, of course, pitching myself to be interviewed on podcasts. But by then, I had already taken over the other podcast. So, uh, you know, it was just really interesting. I, I went right into it. Now, I will say this, though. You know, I have a very long history of public speaking, of being on stage in front of people, doing improv, okay. sketch comedy. There's nothing more frightening than going on. And I do suggest to people, if you need to get confidence, first of all, anybody can be confident in speaking. That is a performance confidence. That is a skill that can mm -hmm. be learned. There are people that get on stage and speak to 50,000 people and then get off the stage and they're insecure messes in their real life. Okay. So just because somebody can speak to a crowd doesn't mean they're confident. That's just performance confidence. Anybody can gain that. One of the things I tell people that's a very cheap, easy way to get over your fears pretty much about anything, but certainly public speaking and putting yourself forward is taking an improv class. Okay. Whether you want to be yeah. a comedian or not, that's not the point. Improv classes are there. Most improv teachers worth their weight will welcome a class and say, look, you're all going to fail. Just put your hands up and say, I failed because this is an awkward <laughs> thing, right? It's an awkward scenario. We're trying to make up stuff. There's people trying to be funny, trying to, and that never works in improv, as you know, it, right. it just, it has to be natural. It's about yes. And carrying the story forward. But basically the whole environment in improv, improv classes, ew, gross. I'm up here trying to do this thing that's so random and hard, you know, and being okay with being uncertain, than that. being, being okay with, with not knowing what's coming. I think that's a big one too. Um, yeah. And getting up on your feet in front of people and mm -hmm. it's awkward because you don't know what's coming. So after doing something like that, I'm telling you, it really, <laughs> it makes like interviewing for a job way less, like nothing's more <laughs> kind of frightening than that. So I feel like that's a really great way. And of course, there's Toastmasters and other places. Anyone can hire a social coach to get them out and talk to people if you're debilitatingly shy. But if you're debilitatingly shy, you might not want to be a public figure or a podcaster. But if you do and you have this, I've seen people do a 180. I mean, if you were at ground zero with confidence with speaking to people or speaking up, then maybe that takes hiring a social coach. I had a friend who did that years ago, didn't have their first friend till they were 35. They were debilitatingly shy, couldn't yeah. even talk to a barista at Starbucks. They oh, had wow. to hire a social coach to take them down to the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica and and help them go talk to employees at stores who are obviously going to be nice to everybody, right? And not, you know, shoot you down. And I mean, if that's what it takes, then that might be the first step. But most people aren't at ground zero. You know what I mean? So I did have a lot of training that synced up with this because I am an improviser. I, got, I did get on stage in front of people with live audiences. There's nothing more frightening than that. You know, most of these podcasts are not live. They're pre-recorded. So, you know what I mean? It's like right. something goes wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and you've that's got different right. mediums. Yeah. If you want to write, that's very, you can do that in a very introverted manner. And then if you want to do um, an audio podcast where you don't, you don't see the other person and you can just be in a room by yourself um, and make maybe interview someone that you know, or someone that you, you feel like you have a good rapport with, then that is less of a stress. And then, but some people may also like, um, doing a video interview, um, and either using the video, um, as sort of, a um, uh, a streamed, um, version of a podcast or just, uh, taking the audio out of it. Um, but you may actually play off of seeing someone else's reactions, but I feel like there are a few different mediums that you can take, mm -hmm. um, if, if you want to get and your content out there. And let me, and let's touch on that. So I was doing audio podcasts for a long time for primal. And then I just recently started doing video. I do video for kick-ass life podcast with Tara. I think one of the 
most important things I've learned. And this sounds basic and stupid, but honestly, lighting. And so it was you that told me what to get. But um, basically, you know, on Amazon for 35 to 45 bucks, you can get a lighting kit with three, you know, three posts with the umbrellas, mm-hmm. with the lights, the whole thing, travel, whatever. It is really important to have proper lighting. The other thing that I think is good too is on Skype, for example, you can blur your background. So that could look kind of yeah. cool, but on Zoom, but on Zoom, you can't. So the other idea too is to get a backdrop of some kind. So I, you know, I have like a, ugly white wall behind me and it just looks terrible. So I have a fabric blue, you know, wood backdrop. That's really cool. So you can go on today or Amazon and search, you know, um, photography backdrops, you know, five by seven or 10 by 10, 10 by 10 is pretty big, but you know, five by seven is kind of the right size. And you can just tack this sucker up on a wall anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And so I think having a consistent background or having something that looks good now, I mean, you know, there's, there's these backdrops where it's like, you know, Looks like you're in a barn. I mean, you know, there's like, <laughs> yeah. and there's like all start these hilarious the scenarios, barn. right? I would say that's my, <laughs> my biggest piece of advice. Start with the barn. Um, no, I think it is interesting that, that you, if you really do a little bit of research and I'll actually put a few links in the show notes. Um, but I actually spent some time looking for clients that were looking to get into doing video recording and doing audio recording is trying to find a bit of a starter kit that didn't break the bank uh, because you can spend so much money on all this kind of equipment. But um, finding a, a ring light uh, with a tripod and an iPhone holder, um, 25 bucks. Finding a lavalier mic that you can run under your shirt um, to get some... 40, 50% better sound with a little $30 lavalier mic. Um, I actually recently also got a green screen uh, for live streaming and I, I hang it up uh, behind uh, my chair um, and the green screen has two little clips with bungee cords and the whole thing was $20 um, and it's huge. Um, so that whole sort of kit where you could get lighting, um, and a halfway decent mic or a lavalier mic and a green screen, you can get this whole sort of kit set up for $100 and you don't have to sort of go out and get all the the, the high-end stuff and, and spend a lot of money before you get started. Well, yeah, and you also helped me with, for example, like getting a very cheap, cheap uh, iPod for the, you know, iPhone and then the little attachment that goes with it and then the little clicker, right? To the, the, what do you call it? Oh, that's right. You get the remote where you can sort of start and stop the right. video and the same with the, the light. Right. And I, the reason I'm talking about that is so let's get to photos. Cause you know, when you're doing this stuff, you better be posting photos of yourself and other stuff. And mm-hmm. I will say this after spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars over all of these years <laughs> getting professional headshots, no need anymore. If you've got the proper lighting, let me tell you something. Taking photos from the Instagram filters are amazing. I have literally taken my own headshots, you know, for the past year, almost all the photos I put, some of the photos on my website of me are taken by me. You know, it was like me in a backdrop in my house or whatever. I'm taking the tripod outside, click, click. You just take a crap load of them. Then you go back and you're editing. I mean, some of them are some of the best shots I've ever had of myself. And I didn't have to pay anyone a damn thing. And it literally was that little cheap tripod that was, you know, what, five bucks and the things like the little clicker. I mean, so great. I think getting one of the um, swivel, you know, little I, I, phone holders and things like that. So there's so many ways to do this. The other thing I want to point out 
is like, for example, let's say you're doing like an IGTV video or a Facebook video you Mm want to post about whatever. So you can also, if you want to record that on your iPhone, right? When you're done with that, you can actually press edit on the iPhone and choose a filter that you want that video to be in. If you will need to change the lighting or the vibe, very cool looks, very cool stuff often looks way better than just the regular, you know, camera. Um, and so there's there's just lots of ways to do this, but honestly, it doesn't have to be expensive. Now, I do really, I love the Blue Yeti mic. I've used it for years. That is the microphone I use, and I have a pop filter. But other than that, what I have right now that we're talking is I bought a $70 little, like, travel stand-up desk cart on Amazon. Okay, real simple, real movable. You can roll it around. Nice. On the just top, send me I have the my- link for that one. I will. On the top, I have my MacBook. In the middle, I have the mic. And what I do is for sound, I will, I put a, like, um, you know, like a yoga towel or a towel and I wrap it and duct tape it around the thing so that my oh, mic wow. is sort of, in, my mic is a little bit encased in a fabric thing around this little, you know, and it's great. It's just this cart I can throw in the corner and then roll it out. And sometimes I use it to stand up and, you know, actually work and do stuff, you know, so it's great. It's like a sit stand, movable operation. That's a real cheap deal because a lot of these stand up desks seem like that are thousands of dollars. They're ergonomically fitted to you. It's not necessary. So, um, I also think it's important to not have, uh, I like it better when I see a video and the mic's not showing. So this is a great way to do it. Cause again, like on the top of the cards, my MacBook, but underneath it hidden is my microphone okay. and I'm able to adjust it to my height and where I'm sitting. And so, you know, you got to send me a photo of this. I need, yeah. I need a photo of this, <laughs> of this rig. Yeah, I would do It's hilarious. Um, and I just think that's important. It gives really good sound, uh, because like, for example, my refrigerator is still on in the background. It may pipe up, but this kind of mutes it and muffles it. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you know, I do, but I do love the Yeti mic. I'm sure there's other options that are great. I also have found that it's not necessary to do the headphones. So I was using headphones for a while, plus the mic and you could see the wires and stuff. Like for right now, I do not have a, a headset, which means the sound from you is coming out of my Mac and it's fine. But for a year, like for years, I was doing it where I'm like corded up to the, you know, mm-hmm. the MacBook. Yeah. And then I realized like, oh, I don't need that either. I don't need a, you don't need necessarily some big, huge headset on your head to, to, you know, cause they look clunky and weird as well sometimes. And I know people do it, but it's just kind of nice to not have it. So I don't do that anymore and it works out just fine. That's so cool. I think, I think part of this is also understanding that when you're getting into, especially podcasting or live streaming or, or whatever you're starting to explore is it really is a, it's a lab experiment. Um, it's, it's trying different equipment. It's trying different setups. It's trying all sorts of, you can, you can go look and see what other people have done, but really just take, take those as, as hints about uh, the direction that you may want to go, but really crafting your own sort of setup that works for you um, is super important. Yeah. And you know what? It's all cheap and easy. The most expensive part of this whole dealio is really the mic in my right. case, right? Yeah. The blue. Um, but you know, they last forever. Like unless you drop that or throw it into a tub, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they really do last. Um, you know, having input and output levels, you know what I make sure is that before every podcast, I'm checking my input and output levels. I make sure my sound is good. I'll ask the guests. I'll say, hey, I'm just going to talk for a second. How do I sound? There has been times where I didn't do that. And then the editor for our show was like, this is just garbage. We can't do anything here because like <laughs> something was wrong with my mic. Um, so, you know, always making sure you're doing that consistently for every single show that before it even happens. I also think it's really important if you're scheduling something with like an interview, you know, you're interviewing people. Mm-hmm. 
be on time, brothers yeah. and sisters. Be on time. You're on that Zoom link five minutes before. You are never late. Don't ever make a guest wait. They might make you wait. Don't you dare make them wait. So, you know, I think, and I'm a, I'm one of those people anyway. I, I'm, I'm a hater of laters. If you're late, <laughs> I'm going to have a lecture for you. Um, so um, that's how I feel about that. You got to be really hashtag. on top of it. The other thing, too, I want to mention is that, and I recently did this because I've been doing Zoom, is that, gosh, you know, Calendly is such a great uh, platform for scheduling everything, it right? Is. So I can send you a link to schedule a podcast with me, and then it'll generate a Zoom link. You know, if you're doing it Skype and other ways, you might have to, you know, depends. But for now, it'll automatically generate that Zoom link. And I find it great because it's everything that I do, I use Calendly. So for my coaching, for interviews, et cetera. So what I do is what's great is that on Calendly, like let's say you know this month you got to work on some project and you really want three days a week free for that. And so you could just go on and block out and decide when people can book right. it and when people not and constantly change it. So I really recommend that because I'll tell you this. At the beginning of this game, it was like, Oh, you're in UK. Let me sit here and figure out the time. Like, what? Oh, how about 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, or maybe if you want to do 9:30 (laughs) a.m. to 10:15, but only only, yeah, it's like doing that whole back and forth. It's such Um, a cluster. I've had to call other fellow podcasters and say you have to get Calendly. You can't keep doing this to your guests. It's because you're offering them three spots. They come back. I can't do it. Now you're back and forth. No, just get the damn Calendly. So great. And I don't know if you know, but they actually rolled out workflows recently, and you can now do sort of like after something's over. There's a follow up email that goes out that says right. thank you so much and like you can you can automate this whole process and it yes. saves so much and time must. and overhead it does and especially when i'm interviewing because i have clients all over the world so there's someone in you know sweden or israel or australia that wants to coach with me it just automatically does the time change difference you know what i mean i just oh, don't have yeah. time that's so and great. like australia is like 10 and a half hours like it's even troubling because there's like that half hour weird so so i just suggest get that straight from the get-go because it's annoying as well being someone who's approached to be interviewed and they give you these like oh how about these five options and you're like damn it just give me a link to book this thing yeah no that's that's so great and i that's i feel like that is one of the hobbies of mine is trying to figure out all those workflows to make things so efficient um and really save, save time. So, uh, I'm, I'm actually working on, on some blog posts about that. Um, cause I, I love, I love getting, getting things like that workflows and, um, and time savers set just right for me. Um, yeah. And what was I going to mention too, about the, uh, the time savers on this? Mm. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Any other tools like Calendly that you find is just your, your go-to's? Well, you know, you taught me MailChimp and that's been, that's been key. And I know there's even more that I can do with it. Um, I would uh, say one of the things on MailChimp is you gave away, uh, you started giving away your ebook, um, on your site. And I would say that, uh, even watching your, your newsletter numbers went exponential when you started doing that. Uh, that's right. So giving away free things. So like I have a free thyroid guide. So instead of buying my book, which you can do, but you can also go to my website, do this free thyroid guide, which Kyle set up in MailChimp. And basically it's like, 
here's all the tests, you know, here's the stuff you need to do. You know, it's like a crash little course to like get you started for free so that you don't have to go buy a book. Giving away free content is the key. I have more, you know, we talked recently about some, some of the different stuff I'm thinking about doing for giving away more free content. It's really key that draws people to you. It's also a nice thing to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, people don't want to be charged for everything. I mean, that was really the key to Mark Sisson. You know, Mark Sisson gave so much away for free, whether it was like a week of this is what paleo eating looks like for a week. Here's your free ebook. You know, so the more free stuff you can think to give away and, and that's really key. And that's what, you know, MailChimp's, uh, great for as well. Um, oh, I want to give a shout out cause you know, you're the one that turned me onto this. So I will say this. So uh, my, my first, my, the first and uh, podcast that I do, you know, primal blueprint podcast was already set up in Libsyn and then WordPress. It's a little bit of a pain to do those two platforms and Libsyn does charge. Um, you introduced me to anchor and anchor is a great platform and I do suggest it for people moving forward. It is extremely, streamlined and easy in the way you set it up for me. And, you know, you kind of made the colors right in the page and how I wanted it to look. But I feel like that platform is great and that's working out. And that's the second podcast I do is on Anchor, which is, you know, uh kick-ass life podcast. So I, I would say that if people are moving forward, look at Anchor because that's a great yeah. free site and it's so streamlined. And I like the way that it looks way better than being like, oh, here's the main WordPress blog page where no one really wants. They're going to click on iTunes anyway. When I look at the stats, the majority of people who are listening to the Primal Blueprint podcast are listening to it on Apple. Right. Yet here I'm doing this WordPress main blog page thing every week and whatever. And, you know, I. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. It's full description. It's got all the links and everything, but I don't, I don't think it's necessary. And I think that Anchor's more streamlined and I just, I just like that platform. They really did figure out. Um, I mean, if you're going to start doing a podcast, there's so many, I think you can get overwhelmed with software and editing and, and how your, your mic is coming into the computer and where it needs to go. And just all the different, um, all the different things it takes to sort of set it up. Anchor's great because you can do it on your phone. You can record straight into your phone and they will upload it and they'll send it to all the, all the different streaming platforms. Um, or you can do it straight into your browser. Um, so you don't actually need lots and lots of different software. Um, you can do it straight from your mic into the browser and it will record all the snippets. Um, and you can even add a little bit of music um and and sound effects and things like that and and just ship it out and i think that's it's it's such a great platform for the idea of just ship it just get it out there and and don't don't overthink it especially in the beginning yeah absolutely absolutely i mean you just you have again nothing's going to be perfect you have to get it out there the other thing i want to just say too in terms of speaking is so if you've ever watched there's a you know when you've watched the news the anchors are pretty streamlined. They don't do a lot of uhs, ums, but there's a few that do and it's annoying. It's annoying to watch that. And so I've noticed that I'm, I can do that too. Everyone's going to sit there and do a, um, or a, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I, I would suggest though, trying to do your best to not have those moments as much as possible because right. it just interrupts the listener and the watcher. And I mean, I literally, there's a couple of newscasters i wish i could just email and be like can you please stop with this like uh, uh and uh, <laughs> and um so then we went and uh you know those kind of things now again it's natural for us to do that but those are some things to look out for as well no that's great i'll actually quickly cut to 
a couple of seconds of, of you giving me some great coaching before we started this episode um, that I think you don't really think about it as much day to day, but being a little bit more cognizant and aware when you sit down, when you sit in the, in the chair to think about that and not um, do the um, <laughs> as much. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's one thing to look out for as well. Um, the other thing too is that sometimes you're going to have a boring guest if you're interviewing people or someone who's just not that exciting at presenting their information. This happens. You're going to have to find a way to fill the space or right. ask extra questions. Like you got to be on this thing because these things can drag, man. And the audience is, you know, they know, but you got to do your best. So there's times where I feel like I have to come in and sort of save the guest, <laughs> you know, sometimes. Right. And um, that's just the case. Just because someone wrote a book doesn't mean they're, I mean, listen, I interviewed this doctor once. It like literally you'll fall asleep. The most boring, oh my God, it was like pulling teeth. <laughs> and I tried to crack a joke, didn't get it, went right over their head. They had no sense of humor. Like it was just, it was just like awful, oh, you know? Wow. But this person is revered for their information about a certain topic in the health field. And so, you know, again, it was, it, I Could felt you like overlay sound effects? Like, 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 <laughs> like <in> the, right, <laughs> try and yeah. spice it up. You have to take the extra step. You have to work harder. <laughs> you have to, sometimes it's a little bit more work. And then sometimes you get these great guests where you're like, ah, oh, you just let them roll, you know, and, and, and you have this thing that sounds like a conversation. I think the biggest compliment that I get often from people about podcasting is they're like, I feel like I'm in the room with you and you guys are having a conversation, which is probably how people are feeling about us now. That is the goal. That's right. the goal. You want to make it like a conversation and, um, not stiff, not just you're asking a question, they're answering it. Give an opinion too, mm -hmm. or, or, or clarify. Like if you don't understand something, that's time to go, well, hold on a minute. Can you clarify that further? Cause that's not making sense to me. Cause it's probably not making sense to your audience either. There are times when people email me, they're like, oh, I'm so glad you asked that follow up. That was so good, you know, or something like that. So. Or I had to challenge a guest once. I called a guest out on something. It was like, yeah, well, I'm not buying that because of this. <laughs> oh, that's you great. Know, someone actually emailed me. They're like, thank God you, they were a little bit of a difficult personality. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting game. I think, um, the other thing too is because I am a quote, like lecturer speaker, I could talk for hours about the topics that I write about. Um, I, a lot of people like it when I just go on a roll, right? Because that, that's what they want. But, you know, sometimes I have to dial it back and be like, oh man, I need to stop and let them, let them ask me something. So that right. happens too. I'm not, I'm guilty of it. We're all um, not immune to these kind of things that pop up. It's just about, okay, the next time I'll do better, right? You know, um, so sometimes I literally have to say, okay, I'm going to stop there. I know that was a long one. What do you got? You know, and then, yeah. and then wait for that follow up. No, that's great. That's great advice. Um, well, I want to be, I want to be cognizant of, of, of your time on this, on this Sunday and, and appreciate you taking all the, all the time to, to meet and, and share your experiences. Where can, where can people find you? Well, you can go to the Kyle created website, elbrost.com. <laughs> um, you can go to elbrost.com and find everything about me there. My two books, Paleo Thyroid Solution and Confident as F-U-C-K are on Amazon. And as well, uh, you can find me every Monday on the Primal Blueprint podcast where I interview people, authors in the mind, you know, mind body field, uh, experts in that arena. And then also kick ass life 
podcast every Wednesday. You can go to kickasslifepodcast.com or, or youtube.com forward slash kickasslifepodcast for video episodes. And that's where every week Tara and I talk about different, you know, law of attraction, power of subconscious mind, you know, goal setting, you know, just do everything we can to help you create a more kickass life and be motivated to pursue your dreams. So that's just us chatting there. And those are the two podcasts I have. And um, yeah, and as well, if anyone I do coach people in a variety of areas. So aside from paleo primal thyroid health, I coach people with, with writing. For example, I'm helping someone right now create a speech, uh, which might possibly be an article, but something of that kind. Um, and then I also just do general life coaching and mindset. You know, people who are like, Hey, I want an unbiased person to talk about my dreams, how I might go about, you know, getting them. One of the things I'm really good at is accomplishing personal goals, mm. you know, like, I may not be that great over there, like bookkeeping, like some people are, but, you know, but I definitely need help with that in my life. But I definitely am someone who is good at achieving personal goals. And so that is something I love helping people with, too, is finding their purpose and getting motivated and encouraged to move forward and pursuing that. You know, just because you're in a nine to five job and you can't see the way out of that, there's something you want to do and you can do it. While you're, you know, it doesn't have to be, well, once I do this, then I can. No, start now. There's somewhere to start now. The problem is that most people are looking for the far end result or how they're going to get there. That's the problem. You're focusing too much on the how. You need right. to just begin. When you begin, and this is literally my philosophy and I talk about it all the time, which is when you do a pro, you move. I don't care if that's leaving the abusive husband or like, okay, I'm going to try this new thing. The universe really corresponds and will edge you in that direction. It, it, you get prizes for doing pro you move. So if there is some kind of passion you have, I don't care if it's collecting stamps or starting a, you know, a knitting business, dog, you know, dog clothing company, I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. You 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 go you got to start put one foot in the direction even though you can't see. And the other part of it too is stop worrying about how you're going to make money. That's not the right goal. It's it's pursuing your dreams, they lead to money. You know what I mean? Right. Um, they just do that has been shown in my life. And so your passion can become your purpose. It also can become your income. But it, to, to try to see the whole trajectory right off the bat is not the way to do it. You just have to take a step forward. Oh, that's so great. Uh, and, and I will give one more plug for you is, um, is people should go to lrust.com and sign up for the newsletter because there's a new site coming. And you'll get yes. notified because there's secret things in the works for a new launch here <laughs> coming up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, and I really enjoyed having you here and appreciate everything that you do and hope you have oh, a great I, weekend. I, you too. And I just want to tell like I, if the audience, I, I'm a broken record with Kyle, which is I'm always telling him, <laughs> I don't know what I would do without you. So <laughs> Honestly, like I am so glad to have met you just because you're an awesome friend and hilarious and a great person. But um, as well, I've had so many friends I've referred to you and they just love working with you. One of the things I want to just tout you a little bit here is, I, and I'm a little bit this way too, and which is where I really like the way that you work. You're on it. You're efficient. There's no like crazy waiting. You're honest about time frames. You know, I can't deal with flaky people. You are the least flakiest person I've ever met. And it's really important for someone like me because I am type A in that way. And I, I am like that. You know, if, if I'm working for someone like I'm on it, you know what I mean? So if you guys are out there and you need someone, I mean, just your work ethic and how you operate with people is just, it's on point and it's really refreshing. Well, I appreciate it. And it's been ex exciting working on all the different, all the different projects and initiatives that we've, we've done and will continue to do.
Yeah. Thanks for having me on.